This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Well, let the fireworks begin. In a surprise move, the UAW struck Ford's Kentucky truck plant its largest and most profitable. That plant makes Super Duty trucks, the Expedition, and the Lincoln Navigator, and generates about $25 billion a year in revenue. Ford says this will directly impact 9,000 UAW members that work there and more than 100,000 people if you factor in everyone that supplies to that plant. Ford called the move, quote, grossly irresponsible, but also said it wasn't surprising, again pointing back to those leaked UAW internal messages from UAW leadership that said it wanted to keep the Detroit 3 automakers wounded for months. However, the surprise strike is also a warning to GM and Stellantis, who has a round of negotiations with the UAW today, because it sounds like the UAW did this because Ford wasn't making enough progress in its contract offers. UAW President Sean Fain said, quote, Here's to hoping talks at Stellantis today are more productive than Ford yesterday. So, what is holding things back? In his last live stream event, Fain said the UAW would get Ford and Stellantis to follow GM on including battery plants in its new contract. And Ford said it had been bargaining in good faith on its JV battery plants this week. Maybe it wasn't doing enough. But the UAW also said it's, quote, fighting like hell for better retirement security. Although Fain says the automakers are, quote, fighting like hell to keep UAW retirement uncertain and insecure. So now it looks like the UAW is starting to pull out the big guns, and we'll have an idea real soon if that strategy is paying off. Fain will hold another live stream event at 10 a.m. on Friday to talk about the progress of the negotiations. Hyundai is going to contract manufacture EVs for a Chinese company. That might sound a little shocking at first, But as we reported the other day, Hyundai wants to chop the number of assembly plants it has in China down to two from a high of five a few years ago. And by building EVs for another company, it can generate revenue from its plant in Beijing while trying to figure out what to do with the other ones. It's going to build EVs for ArcFox, which is a joint venture established in 2017 between Hyundai and BAIC. While ArcFox is a JV that includes Hyundai, Hyundai never made the vehicles, and this would mark the first time that Hyundai produces electric vehicles under a foreign brand. And don't forget to tune in to AutoLine After Hours this afternoon. John is out of town, but co-host Gary Vaslash has lined up a great panel who hope to answer the question, can anyone catch Tesla in the U.S.? We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, so don't miss the action. We're learning a lot more about Kia's EV strategy. It provided more details about the EV5, an SUV that slots below the EV9. Based on the Hyundai Group's eGMP platform, the base EV5 will feature a 160-kilowatt or 214-horsepower electric motor that drives the front wheels, 
while the all-wheel drive version has a combined 230 kilowatts or about 300 horsepower. A more powerful GT version will be added later. Battery size will depend on the model and market it's sold in, but they range between 58 and 88 kilowatt hours and provide up to 720 kilometers or almost 450 miles of range based on the Chinese test cycle. The EV5 will be made in both South Korea and China, which likely explains the four different battery sizes, but that could also be the reason the EV5 is not offered in the U.S. New, more strict battery sourcing and production requirements for EVs to qualify for the federal tax credit kick in at the beginning of next year. So the EV5, which is scheduled to come out in 2025, wouldn't be eligible for the tax credit. And as a side note, because of the changing of requirements, Tesla says it expects to lose half of the credit for the Model 3, which would be 3750 bucks. That could be why it's cutting lease prices for the 3 and Y by $90 to $100 a month. Only 5% of Teslas were leased last quarter, but that could jump drastically. Okay, now back to Kia. It also showed off two new EV concepts. The EV3 is a crossover that's meant to offer similar design and practicality as the EV9, but in a more compact and accessible form. The EV4 is a sedan, and like the EV3, it offers simple yet expressive design, which also spills over into the interior that takes advantage of a lot of sustainable materials. Along with the EV5, Kia says it plans to introduce vehicles to the market like the EV3 and 4, and they'll have a starting price that ranges between $35,000 and $50,000. Toyota is partnering up with Japanese energy company Ida Mitsu to mass-produce solid-state batteries for EVs. The two companies will focus on developing sulfide solid electrolytes, which Ida Mitsu produces using byproducts from oil manufacturing. The resulting product has the softness and stickiness that's ideal for mass-producing batteries. The two companies will first open a pilot facility to produce the batteries, with the goal of bringing them to market by 2027 or 2028 and mass-producing them as early as 2030. Toyota has said in the past that solid-state batteries will more than double the range of the BZ4X while reducing charging time to just 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Honda has its mind on repurposing EV batteries once they get to their end of life. It just signed a deal with Mitsubishi Corporation, not Mitsubishi Motors, the car company, to monitor the batteries in Honda's mini EV models throughout the vehicle's life. And once they're no longer suitable for a car, they will then transition the batteries into stationary storage devices. The two companies will also collaborate on smart charging technology that automatically adjusts the timing of EV charging to avoid peak loads and optimize energy consumption. And they'll work on vehicle-to-grid services that allows energy stored in EV batteries to be supplied back to the grid. Volkswagen is upgrading its ID.4 and ID.5 electric models. Thanks to a new electric drive motor, Rear Drive Pro models get an extra 60 kilowatts of power and 75% more torque than before. It also improves the range of the ID.4 and 5 by 17 and 11 kilometers respectively. And the all-wheel drive GTX models get the same upgrade 
which boosts power by 30 kilowatts and improves its 0 to 100 kilometer an hour time to 5.4 seconds. Other new features include a software update and a new infotainment system that has a nearly 13-inch display screen. And despite all those upgrades, VW is keeping the price for the models the same, which start just over 40,000 euros or about $43,000 in Europe. Back in 2018, Nissan showed off what it calls brain-to-vehicle technology at CES. It used a device to monitor brain activity to help speed up reaction times and make driving more enjoyable. And for the last several years, the automaker has been using similar technology to monitor and train its drivers in Formula E to help them improve their performance. Nissan says the test showed that drivers experience enhancements to complex decision-making, stress and fatigue management, and quicker reaction times. The company was so happy with the results that it will now use these brain training protocols in its overall training programs for Formula E drivers. And in the future, it plans to train drivers in other racing series with the same methods. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves.